I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. This is the Game Misconduct Podcast with Don LaGreca. Hey, everybody. It's Don LaGreca with the Friday edition of Game Misconduct. We got lots and lots to get into. Let's start with the Islanders. They kind of toyed with the Devils last night in a 5-3 win, but I think a lot of Islander fans are a little concerned about Anders Lee. Uh, listen, he's an important piece to what they do there, and he is out indefinitely after having a collision with Pavel Zaka in that 5-3 win. It is a lower body injury. That could be a tough loss because as great as I think the Islanders are, and it'll be shown when I give the top five of the week, and I've said that I believe this team is coming out of the East and will go back to the conference final and I think have an excellent chance to win the Cup, they're not going to blow your doors, doors off offensively. You lose a guy like Lee that could be a little bit of a problem. So I think it's something certainly uh, to keep an eye on there. Um, the Lightning continue to cruise. Uh, they lost last night to Detroit, but I think that was just out of sheer boredom, and Vasilevsky didn't play. Uh, but you know, it's it was announced that Kucherov is still on schedule to return for the Stanley Cup playoffs. So uh, this, to me, is the best team in the NHL, and they're going to be able to add Kucherov in the playoffs. <laughs> that is going to be huge, because I think that the Tampa Bay Lightning are certainly going to the conference final. I mean, they're one of the best teams in the National Hockey League. They're playing without one of their best players. And listen, Carolina's given them all kinds of trouble in that central division. And I will not take anything away from the Hurricanes and the style of play that they have, which is very conducive to the postseason. Same with the Islanders. But tell me Tampa's not coming out of the central division. Now, stranger things have happened. We're only a couple of years removed from when they got swept by Columbus. But it'll be interesting. Like I said, Carolina can give them trouble. Florida maybe can give them trouble. But this is a team that's clicking. This is a team that's playing a very easy division. But still, they're going to get one of the best players in the league back in time for the playoffs. That's going to be pretty significant in in what I think is going to be a fun, fun possible repeat of last year's Eastern Conference Final between the Islanders and the Tampa Bay Lightning. A series that the Islanders could have very easily won with those overtime losses. They lost in six, but they very easily could have forced a game seven. And who knows what would have happened. And I think... Uh, both teams are very interesting, certainly going into this year. So something to keep an eye on there. Mark andre Fleury, COVID protocol. Still a possibility he can play tomorrow, so it doesn't look like it's that significant. But this is a goaltender that has played in 13 of the last 14 games for Vegas. So something to keep an eye on there as well. Rangers get shut out by the Boston Bruins. I mean, here's a concerning stat for you if you're a Ranger fan. This team was not shut out at all last year. And they've been shut out four times already this year. Ironically enough, by just two goaltenders, uh, Varlamov with the Islanders and Halak with Boston, but still shut out four times already this year in 25 games. And and you look a little deeper since coming out of the pandemic. Because remember, the Rangers were one of the hottest teams in the NHL last year when we shut down. Come out of the shutdown, right? They got swept in Carolina in the hub, and so far have won just 10 of their first 25 games this year. So this is a team since the pandemic uh, opened back up, and since the NHL's come off the pandemic, this team has played 28 games and have won 10 of them. All right, and now there's a lot of excuses. No Panarin, although he did skate with the team, and maybe there's a chance he could possibly play either tomorrow or Monday against Philadelphia. 
but you're playing without Panarin. Zibanejad is a shell of himself, right? You've played uh, 14 games without Heedle. You played eight games without Truba. I mean, these are significant players, but I, I think Ranger fans just have to come to grips. They're not a playoff team. And with uh, Kraftsoff coming within the next couple of weeks, his KHL team was eliminated yesterday in the playoffs. So for him to come go through quarantine, practice with the team, in a couple of weeks you're adding him to the mix. Then you're going to get to the deadline where you got a chance to maybe trade a Smith, trade a Johnson. You know, this is a chance for at least the rest of this season, focus on just getting the young kids some chances to play and try to just hit the ground running for next year. They're nine points out of a playoff spot, uh, and with all the games within the division, they're not going to make the playoffs. Another thing that I would be concerned about if I were a Ranger fan, all right, because I'm not overly concerned about the team in general because they've had some built-in excuses, and they're exceptionally young, exceptionally young, youngest team in the NHL. And when you watch them play, a lot of their issues are because of their youth. But I would be a little bit concerned about their goaltending. All right, number one, Igor Shosturkin has suffered some injuries in a very brief NHL career, and he's not the same player he was at the tail end of last year. So has the league figured him out? Whatever it is, is is he overwhelmed by being the guy? He hasn't been bad by any stretch of the imagination, but he hasn't been special like he was last year. And Georgiev has just been flat out bad. He's been pulled in his last two starts. And listen, it's hard to criticize the goaltending when you get shut out last night but the rangers came out and played very well and he gives up a soft goal to Pasternak four and a half minutes in and 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 the rangers really never recovered they gave up the shorthanded goal you're down two nothing played a great road period and you're down two nothing then you take a bad penalty to start the second period you're down three nothing and the game was over and that was the second or third time really on this uh not on this road trip because they played so well against new jersey but against really good teams, and even against Buffalo the last week, where you just get stretches where you just don't feel like this team is going to score at all. And, 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 and so that puts a lot of emphasis on your goaltending. And although I would not label the goaltending overall as bad, although I think Georgiev has played poorly in the last couple of weeks, they're not stealing any games. They're just not. And I think in this league, you've got, you've got to have games where you don't have it, you're not playing well, but your goaltender steals it. Hank did that all the time. I can't tell you how many games I called where they're grossly outshot, all the analytics favor the other team, and the Rangers win the game 3 nothing because Hank stands on his head, makes 48 saves, and wins a game that the Rangers had no right winning. And that's not happening this year at all. And even if it did happen, it probably wouldn't be enough to make the playoffs, but at least cosmetically, you'd feel a lot better about the team. Too many times, the Rangers' goaltending just has not been special when it needed to be special, against, especially against these teams like Pittsburgh, like Boston, that are ahead of them in the standings. So I think that, that certainly is an issue. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as uh, simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more know, doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Hurricanes just continue to be impressive. It's so easy to kind of forget about this team because all the focus is on Tampa. You know, but Geeky gets a couple of goals for them. You know, get things going there. Uh, whether it's McGinn, whether it's uh, Natchez, whether it's Aho, 
Um, there's just so many special offensive players on this team. Now, I'm not really sure overall, you know, what kind of goaltending they can get night in and night out. Reimer was very good last night, but against the Nashville team that isn't very good. But he did face 33 shots and made 32 saves. I like what's happening here uh, in Carolina with the Hurricanes. Something I do not like is what's happening with the Columbus Blue Jackets. And there's already rumors about John Tortorella possibly being out. And you look at Columbus, they lost again in overtime last night, blew a lead, minus 19 goal differential, okay? They've only won 10 of their first 28 games, and they are sitting right now seven points out of a playoff spot. Now, will Chicago come back down to earth? Possibly. But it's seven, and and they both played 28 games, and your minus goal differential is is really just, I mean, Detroit is obviously off the charts, but they're in a rebuild. Nashville's obviously playing poorly, but at minus 19 right now, very average at home. I've actually lost more games than they won with the four overtime losses. Uh, Only two wins in their last 10. Rumors swirling about Tortorella already. You just wonder if in the next loss or two that Tortorella could be out of a job. And, And anybody that has listened to this podcast knows I am a fan of John Tortorella. But it is what it is. You know, he does sometimes run out of time. You know, we saw it in Tampa after winning a Stanley Cup. We certainly saw it with the New York Rangers. Never really got any traction in Vancouver. He's done a good job here with Columbus. We can't forget about what he did a couple of years ago against Tampa. He's made him a perennial playoff team. Certainly, they've been kind of thrown to the wolves here because of the pandemic. But quite frankly, who hasn't? And you just wonder, with the time spent there, there's a very good chance that this is a guy that is going to lose his job. So let's please uh, keep an eye on that one. All right, we had got a chance to talk to Gary Bettman on the Michael K Show. And there was a lot to discuss with Gary, and we obviously talked about the ESPN deal, and he talked about what that means to the National Hockey League and also what it means to the fans. Well, ESPN has covered us over the 15 years that we or so we've been apart the fact is we didn't get the same type of coverage that the other three major sports who ESPN has rights to got and now we're going to get that type of coverage as well so in terms of the promotion of our game and reaching more sports fans and reaching hockey fans in more ways uh, this is just an incredible opportunity for all of us and also about the overall play in the league NBC has has done a great job working with us to help grow the game as well. Uh, I think ESPN can take us up yet another level, but but in terms of the way the game is being played, the way the game is being broadcast, the growth of our fan base, the the emphasis on speed and skill and youth in our game, um, as good as we were, we're even better now. We have the most extraordinary competitive balance in all of professional sports. Uh, Scott Van Pelt last night when he was interviewing said to me he thinks our playoffs, and this was before uh, we were coming back, uh, he always believed that we have the most exciting playoffs in all of sports. Uh, And our regular season goes down to the wire because our competitive balance is so good. Uh, and, And while it was unfortunate we had to take a year off, Uh, The system we got is what gave us the foundation that we now have. And when can we expect more fans in the buildings? We're going to get fans wherever we can get them. I think the franchises are going slow. Um, We're not going to obviously trump in terms of having more fans than we're allowed from local jurisdiction. But we have our own protocols, which in many instances may be more restrictive in terms of what we expect from fans. 
But again, you know, our view is we want to keep the communities that we play in safe, keep the players safe. Uh, and we want our fans back because let's, let's be clear about this. Our players and our game get an incredible energy. You, you guys all know what it's like to be in one of our buildings. There's nothing like it in sports, and the energy and the excitement is palpable, and the game and the players feed off of that. And that's why I think it's kind of important when we get into the playoffs, like how is it going to be when one building might have 50% of people, another building doesn't have anybody? I mean, is that fair? But, hey, listen, we're in a pandemic world now. It's about trying to get bucks. I mean, there's a reason why the divisions are sponsored, okay? Because you're trying to get as much money, recoup as much money back. Gary Bettman admitted they probably would lose less money had they not played this year rather than play, but you can't do that. There's just too much competition out there. So if, and, and listen, Dallas isn't going to make the playoffs, but if, if Dallas can fill the building and you can get revenue and, and share that with the rest of the league, Florida um, increasing the revenue that you might be able to get in New York with the Garden and Barclays Center adding fans as the season goes on, whatever is going to put some more money in the hopper for the league, I mean, that's what you got to look at. As much as you want to be, have the competitive balance that you're looking for, and even though it might be technically unfair that there can be a playoff game with you know 10,000 fans in the building, and then another playoff game with 3,000 in the building. If it means revenue uh, generated, I think that's something that's important for the league, especially during the pandemic. Well, it's Friday, and you know what Friday means. Don LaGreca's Friday Top 5. Yeah! All right, 5 is always the most difficult, um, but we are going to, obviously, as we usually do, start with number 5. Number five. And it made it difficult, but I'm really going to lean on, uh, and this is a team that I am not a fan of as far as making the playoffs, and I've kind of gotten abuse on this podcast for it. But they're healthy now. They're playing some phenomenal hockey, and that's the Pittsburgh Penguins. I've got them at number five because I, I really do like the way that they're playing. Their blue line was really decimated early in the season, but they found a way to hang on. Uh, they're struggling on the power play. They're struggling on the penalty kill, but they're finding ways to win games. They're in third place now in the East. They've won seven of their last ten. They've won four in a row. They've got a plus-seven goal differential. They're almost unbeatable at home at 11-2. and two. Now, is it sustainable? We'll, we'll see. But right now, they are getting healthier and they are playing better. And, and you can't ignore it. You just can't ignore what this team has done. And certainly after a week in which they've won four in a row, I've got them at number five. Number four. Washington Capitals are starting to warm up. They've only lost one regulation game in their last ten. They've won three in a row. Vrana has been good. Um, they have gotten a lot from Carlson. They have gotten a lot pretty much from everybody except maybe Ovechkin. Did score last night his ninth goal. But they're getting the goaltending now that they've gotten through the whole COVID protocol. Samsonov back in the fold. I like what Washington is doing right now. They are right now... Um, just two points back of first place with a game in hand on the Islanders. They're plus six goal differential. You're going to see that go up. They're exactly the same team at home as they are on the road. Exactly what you want to see from a team that could be in contention. I've got the Washington Capitals at number four. Number three. We talked about it earlier. Carolina Hurricanes. It's saying something when you're in first place that and share a division with the Tampa Bay Lightning, right? 
plus 26 goal differential is tremendous uh, second only to Tampa in that division they've won seven consecutive games that after a three game losing streak so they've bounced back nicely you cannot touch them in Raleigh 10 1 and 1 is it Aho one night is Nate Cash the next night Hamilton contributing on the blue line like he usually does I love the Carolina Hurricanes and I love them at number three Number two, your New York Islanders. We'll see what happens with the Lee um, injury, but doesn't matter who's in goal usually. Um, they roll four lines. They're healthy. Martin is contributing to Clutterbuck, uh, Sezikis, and, of course, Barzell with that goal. Just unbelievable earlier in the week. They are 9-0-1 in their last 10. They've won seven consecutive games. Plus 20 goal differential is the best in the division. The New York Islanders are the number two team this week. Number one. I'm not scared off by what happened against the Detroit Red Wings. Give the Lightning a break, right? I mean, they had McElhaney between the pipes. You're taking on Detroit over and over again. There's going to be a time where you're just going to kind of fall asleep, and they did last night. But overall, 8-1-1 in their last 10. Uh, unbeatable in Tampa, 9-1 there, 9-4-2. Nothing to sneeze at on the road either. Only five losses in regulation this year. Vasilevsky is the best goaltender in the National Hockey League. Hedman is the best defenseman in the National Hockey League. And and you've got a myriad of guys that can score. It's point. It's Stamkos. It doesn't matter. They're going to get goals from guys. They're just that good a team. They're number one. And i got to be honest with you, I'm not sure that there's anybody who's going to take them out of that spot for the rest of the year. All right, let's close it out with your tweets. At Don LaGreca, hashtag game misconduct. Fratto says, hey, Don LaGreca, do you believe now is the best time for someone to get into the NHL? Or perhaps does the current alignment of things make it all difficult for people to get into the sport for the first time i I think it's a great time to get into it don't get caught up in all the the division stuff i mean i think everybody knows that's temporary and gary bettman did admit that yesterday that everything should go back to normal with the exception of of seattle joining the pacific division and it looks like arizona is going to move to the central so that'll be really the only difference but right now you've got matthews look at the goal last night for matthews in toronto's win in overtime i mean that is tremendous skill you've got teams like Edmonton, teams like Toronto, teams like Carolina in a non-traditional hockey market that have so many skilled players. This is probably the best time. And you still have Crosby playing well. You still have Ovechkin playing well. Stamkos has got 12 goals this year. Um, You're seeing more offense. Uh, I really think this is a good time to follow this league. And I think the playoffs are going to be just absolutely fantastic as we get uh, to them and i can't look uh, looking forward more to that uh troy says don which is more challenging picking the best team in the nhl in 2021 or picking the best team in college football it's tough right listen i think tampa's the best team they won the stanley cup last year you know but when you reside in a division where you you play a lot of also rands you're gonna you're gonna build up the points right um, and the Islanders have played a lot more games than other teams. So that's the challenge, right? What's your schedule like? Because not everybody plays the same teams. Because of COVID, some teams have played 30 games. Some teams have played 24 games. So there's a differential there. It's tough. And we've only played you know, a little over 20 games for every team. And that's certainly not enough to be able to sink your teeth into by any stretch of the imagination. No training camp. No preseason games really to speak of. So, yeah, I, I, I'll... I'll 
listen, college football was really, really tough, but the NHL certainly is right up there. Alex says, in all the joy over the NHL returning to ESPN, what tends to get forgotten, as usual, are international hockey fans. I'm a, a Slovakia. I'm in Slovakia. I worry a lot about losing access to NHL games which NHL.TV being canceled and about blackouts. I really don't know where that stands. I'll try to find out for you, Alex. I mean, ESPN International, I'm sure, you know, when you get to the Stanley Cup final, um, ESPN International, I'm sure, will make those Stanley Cup games available to you. Um, I don't know how it works with the app, but I think a lot of the games are going to be on ESPN+. Plus. I'm sure you'll be able to have access to that as well. I'll try to find more information for you, but I do think you will have some access. Jim White says, um, I have many emotions regarding the new ESPN NHL agreement. I'm excited for John Butchergrass and Steve Levy, but it is better for the NHL to be the number one sport on the number two network, NBC, or the number six sport on the number one network, ESPN. Only time will tell. Uh, second thought on the deal, I hope ESPN will grant Center Ice uh, a- uh, subscribers access to ESPN+, Plus, similar to how they have access to NHL TV. My preference is watching Center Ice on DirecTV and use NHL.com or NHL.TV as needed. All right, Here, here's, here's what I'll say. I understand what you're talking about when NBC Sportsnet existed. NBC Sportsnet is going to be over before the season is over. So a lot of games are going to go to the USA Network. Now, USA Network actually has more or in more homes than NBC Sportsnet, but is that a destination for sports fans? So being number one on a network that everybody thinks, you know, is basically USA Network is going to be for, you know, Fast Times or Ridgemont High reruns, um, I think it helps to be on the worldwide leader. And I listen, I know I work at ESPN, but ESPN will up the coverage. Granted, it's not going to be their biggest thing like it was with NBC, but it's going to be in so many more homes. It's going to be so present. I mean, Stephen A. Smith was talking about it yesterday. Now, he wasn't talking about it well because he's not a hockey fan, but you're trying to sell the sport to the fringe fan. You're trying to sell the sport to somebody who has not been exposed to it. And these are the sacrifices I think you have to make. NBC was perfect for the hockey fan. But when you're trying to grow and trying to get the fringe fan more, become more of a diehard, when you're trying to get people that have never watched a sport before to get exposed to it and fall in love with it, then I think this is the best thing. There are people that are hockey fans right now that are hockey fans because of ESPN covering the sport back in the day. You know, if you're if you're a 30 year old, then you know you remember when you were a kid, 12, 13, 14 years old, those games on ESPN, those games on ESPN two, watching NHL tonight. And, and that made you fall in love with the sport, and you might not have found it if it had still been on Sports Channel like it was before, um, or NBC Sports Net where it is now. You know, there's a lot of sports fans out there. They want to take a lap, see what's going on before they go to bed. Is a sports fan going to check on NBC Sports Net, or is a sports fan going to check at ESPN? They're likely going to check at ESPN, and there's a more of a chance that somebody's going to stumble upon the sport, fall in love with it, and that's what you're looking to do here. And I think. That's very, very important. All right, this was a lot of fun. Hopefully you were happy with the top five. I'm sure there's a lot of people that are upset about it. That usually gets a lot of people to tweet at me. And if you want to do that, best way to do it is at Don LaGreca, hashtag game misconduct. So thanks for listening. We'll be back with you again on Monday with EJ Raddick. Enjoy the weekend. I'll talk to you Monday. This was the Friday edition of Game Misconduct. This is the Game Misconduct Podcast with Don LaGreca.